Turn in your Bibles to uh, James, James chapter 1, and we'll look at uh, verse 27. And I, I really enjoyed uh, Brother Jay's message this morning, and it was very insightful, and uh, I, I enjoyed that. <clears throat> and it was very interesting. I told Jay, I said, uh, that the title of, of the message tonight is Pure Religion, and I thought it was very interesting how Jay talked about corrupted religion and uh, how it related to the end times. And, and um, you know, there, there is a false religion out there. And Satan is working hard to uh, uh, bring whoever he can with him uh, to eternal hell. And uh, he's on the prowl, and he's going to do whatever he can to make that happen. Uh, so... Uh, anyway, as we look here in the Word of God, James chapter 1 and verse 27, it says here, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So what I want to do is I want to look at just those two things tonight, and that is uh, visiting the, uh, uh, the, the fatherless and the widows in their affliction Right, and of course, the second one is, is to keep himself unspotted from the world. Well, it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? When you when you read that, that's all I got to do is I just got to go visit the fatherless and the widows, and then I got to keep myself clean, and and that is true to a certain degree. But let's look uh, first of all what what this is talking about here, and I want to remind us that in our context here, he's actually speaking, James is speaking through the Holy Spirit uh, to uh, his uh, uh, fellow Jewish Christians. If you look in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, James, the servant of God and uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Okay, so there's a specific reason why James uses that phrase, uh, uh, the, uh, to visit the fatherless and the widows. Well, where do we see that phrase the first time? We see that for the first time in Exodus twenty-two, twenty-two, where God tells uh, Israel, he says, ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. Okay? So what's interesting is, I'm trying to set this uh, stage here for this, is, is that in the Jewish religion, in the Jewish law, they could not afflict a, a, a child who was fatherless or afflict a, or afflict a widow. Okay? Now, that is basically uh, something that you're doing. Okay? And James, I'm going to kind of get ahead of myself here a little bit. J James here is saying uh, that's not good enough. Simply just doing something to do it is not enough. Okay, religion here is, uh, in the Greek, here is threskia, which uh, is basically external worship, especially that which uh, consists of ceremonies. You know, it's really easy to be religious. You know, many of us were religious tonight. We showed up out of duty or out of habit. We showed up with, we wanted to hear maybe from the Lord, but that is part of our religious process, you know. Uh, now, James here 
uh, says, uh, uh, which if, if you notice what I said in Exodus 22, 22, he says, you shall not afflict any widows or, or fatherless children. But here it says that, uh, he says, to visit, to visit. That's very interesting because when you think of visit, when I looked that up, it says to look after, to have care for or provide for, right? But that in that word visit in the Greek, the prime root or the root of that word is, let me see my notes, as epi, which guess what? Means to superimpose. Okay? So when we think of uh, superimposition, we think a lot of times of like a watermark, right? So you can still see the subject below, right? But then there is a superimposition of a watermark. So you can see that watermark, but you can also see the original content, right? Now, this should be perking your ears a little bit as a born-again Christian, because guess what? That's what Jesus Christ did for you at the moment of salvation, when he died on the cross and was buried and he rose again. That free gift of salvation, guess what Jesus Christ did, is he superimposed himself upon you, right? And is now, so now God the Father, when he sees you, sees you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, like Jay said this morning. So we also see that Jesus Christ was superimposed over the Old Testament law, though. In other words, there was a purpose for the law, but Jesus Christ came to fulfill that law. And how did he fulfill that law? Jesus Christ is our faithful covenant partner. Okay? So that's what Jesus Christ does for us in his sacrifices. He's the only one who can faithfully keep that Old Testament covenant for us. Amen? Okay, I'm not trying to confuse anybody. Go over to Hebrews real quick here. Hebrews chapter 10. I marked it out here. And let me start here in verse 10. It says, By the which will we are sanctified. I'll wait. For the papers. It says here, By the which we are Will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of uh, uh, where uh, now where remission of there is there is no more offering for sin having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest uh, uh, by the blood of Jesus look at verse 20 by a new and living way which he hath co consecrated for us through the veil which is to say his flesh 
So what does that tell me? That tells me, as a born-again Christian, that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. He superimposed himself over the law. So we can still see the law, but we see that Jesus Christ supersedes that, or that Jesus Christ was superimposed over the law. So you say, why, why are you saying that? How does that relate to me? Okay, so how this relates to me is, is that the fatherless and widows, basically in the Bible, when we think of uh, fatherless children and widows, they're guideless. Now, I'm not saying, uh, I'm looking at a few widows here. I'm not saying that they're, they don't know what they're doing. I'm saying in this particular context, right, a widow, a woman, a wife always look to her husband for leadership. Don't shoot me because that's not popular. But that's Bible. It's not to say that, that my wife doesn't know more than I do. Obvious. Just take a look. She's the smart one in the family. Right? But they were guideless. Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 4. If somebody wants to help me with some of this, that would be great. Jeremiah, if you can find it before I do, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 4. And then Proverbs 2.17, Jeremiah 3.4. Yeah. What's that saying? That's saying that your father, your earthly father, is meant to be your guide. All right? What does Proverbs 2.17 say? Yeah, okay, so Brother Dill isn't that far off, is he? No, so, so this is what we're seeing. Was, we're given this picture. So James is uh, talking to a Jewish uh, uh, audience, and so what he's doing is he's saying, hey, the law said that you weren't supposed to afflict a widow or a, a, a fatherless child, but I'm saying that you're supposed to go visit them. And widows and fatherless children in the Bible are a picture of what? The lost. If they're guideless, they're lost. So am, am I to have pure religion? Am I simply to go and just visit the widows and the fatherless? No. No. I'm supposed to. Give them the gospel. So, so I, I forgive me here. Uh, it's nothing new. What we see here is is what pure religion is versus you know what we think of as religion. And this is why sometimes we harp on certain things. That's why I love listening to Brother Fred. He has a heart for missions. You know what that means? He has a heart to get the gospel out. To people, right? And so that's what we see is pure religion here is, is that, oh, we can come and we can attend, and don't misunderstand me for, 
for what I'm saying here is, is that we can attend church and that's all fine and dandy. We, we can pray, we can read our Bible religiously, uh, and we need to. But pure religion is taking it a step further and giving the gospel to people who are guideless, people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. So then it begs the question is, is how much of an intercession, how much of an intercessory type of lifestyle do I need to live? I would say a huge one. You know, I don't always do it. And, you know, sometimes I get irritated. Some of my fellow workers. But, you know, I pray for them too. I pray that they come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but then I also am praying that God keeps them safe and praying that, that God gives them wisdom to do things. That's intercessory. I get irritated sometimes because I deal with the public all the time. I, which means I got to deal with people. And some days are good and some days aren't so good. All right. But you know what? Uh, uh, we talked about, we saw this with Peter is, is in the foot washing process. There's nothing more gross than washing other people's feet. But you know what? I'm supposed to have that attitude in giving the gospel, though. I'm supposed to have that attitude towards everybody. You know, that's why I answer my phone even on the days that I'm on vacation. When people are calling about city stuff, that's why I still sit there and answer the phone after hours when I'm out of the area. Why? Because ultimately, it's my job to, to help people. You say, well, intercession here I have in my notes is to meet people and reach out and touch them with the gospel. Isaiah uh, 53. Isaiah 53. I think I got that one. Isaiah 53, 12 says, <clears throat> Therefore will I divide him a portion. This is talking about the Jesus. It says, A portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made what? Intercession for the transgressors. You know, we, we don't want to acknowledge the fact that we do have a responsibility in giving the gospel. And I'm not being judgmental, I'm being critical of myself. Is It's easy for me to be religious but it's, not, it's a challenge for me to have pure religion. So what we see here is, is that uh, 
It says here in Exodus, remember we talked about Exodus 22:22, where God commanded them, ye shall not afflict any widow or father's child. You know, not, and I have here in my notes, not afflict, that's religion. That's a uh, external worship or an external ceremony. But to visit the widow and the fatherless, that's the gospel. Because what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to show or let that superimposition of the Lord Jesus Christ to show through, right? And to give, to give to those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ the gospel. But it hinges on the second issue here, which is to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Because here's the issue is, is unspotted basically means unblemished. The world, we could uh, really sum up the world as the whole mass of men alienated from God and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ. Let us not be deceived. Is, is uh, People um, are not sometimes ignorant. They're choosing to be hostile against the cause of Christ. That doesn't mean that they're enemies, but it means that what we need to do is that we need to make sure that especially those people were given the gospel to. Uh, the world here also could represent, or when we look at it in the Greek, it also means uh, an ornament or a decoration or adornment. Okay? So here's the issue is, is that we want to be very careful, right, what we put on ourselves as Christians. And what I mean by that is the carnal things, the worldly things. I'm not talking about clothes. I purposely wore a short sleeve shirt so I could show off these awesome tattoos. I'm just kidding you. But I did it for a reason. is because when you see these, if you didn't know me, sometimes what this does is this overshadows that superimposition. Right? Right? So you know me. I've been here for five years, so it's not that big of a deal to you. Right? But has it affected my ability to give some people the gospel? Guarantee it. Guarantee it. How I present myself, how, what I seek for, and what I set my heart upon, is it the things of the Lord or is it the things of the world? Because if I'm not careful, I'll end up adorning myself with some of those things. And it's not that those things are sinful or those things are bad, right? But guess what? They may overshadow that superimposition. And that's what I have to be careful for. I have here the adornment of worldly things will overshadow the superimposition of Christ, God the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing is, is that how can I visit properly the fatherless children and the widows, or we could say the unsaved? How can I properly visit them? How can I properly give them the gospel 
if I'm, if I'm over, being overshadowed by all this ornamentation that I've put on myself from being in the world. I'm here to tell you, you can't. You won't be able to very effectively. So that's why we say, that's why we, especially in a New Testament Baptist church, we sit here and say that one of our distinctives is to be separated from the world. Why? So that we can just be a pain in the neck and all of the uh, other people can, who like to hold hands and sing kumbaya and run up and down the aisles, you know, during service can say, well, we don't like you. No. I have to be very careful. I have to have a certain level of separation in my life so that the things of the world doesn't overshadow that superimposition. I have to live a certain level of being separated from the world so that people, in my interaction with people, can see Christ. That's pure religion. That's pure religion. And that's why James says that. James says it's not enough just to have religion, just to do something, but you have to allow that superimposition to show through. So that's the challenge. Is not to be religious, so to speak, but to live a pure religion. And so, how do I do that? Give the gospel. And I, and I be very careful what I allow in the world to influence me. I have to be very careful what, do I, what I allow into my life. And that's it. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for today. And I thank you for your word and I thank you for those who are faithful to you tonight, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you would bless our time together, Lord, and I again thank you for New Hope Baptist Church, Lord. I thank you for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.